Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Carnival of Randomness. I'm Rob, your coffee-fueled host with the always peppy Greg. Hi! And we do read your letters. We get lots of them. You crashed my email site. There's one guest that you keep asking us to bring back in. If the real story of election fraud in 2020, if they counted right in votes, I'd be calling him Mr. President. Yes, it's the return of... Wait for the music. Bowen! Hey, how's everything going? <laughs> and then we have two of the really best drummers known in the universe. They've actually been abducted by Martians to play on their planet. And we have, it's Rob's back. Hey. And the best friend of the masked drummer, John. Hey. And with the, we have three drummers in the studio, so we might be able to change a light bulb after the show. <laughs> oh <my God>. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to go freeform today. But one thing Jeff and I have talked about, we have to just bring up a little COVID. But the light bulb has to want yeah. to change meter. Yeah. <laughs> I might need a few more drummers. I'll see if I can corral them. Out, I'll put some Oreo cookies out and stuff and get them in the studio. Uh, pizza combos. <laughs> One to change it and 15 to criticize how he did it, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, that's guitar yeah, right. player. Yeah, that's yeah, guitar right. player. Yeah. But, I could have done that. <laughs> we've lived with COVID now for over a year. And I could say, like, still, like, going some gigs I've been going to. You know, before when I would go out, I might say, okay, there's, like, two or three places I'm going to stop at. I'm going to go in and be casual. Now I have to go. Two hours early, make sure I get a seat because limited capacity. You got all, usually staff is very uh, short these days. Yeah. How is, especially speaking of, I know there's one musician who doesn't want to talk about being a musician because the fame got to him still too much. <laughs> and I know I've heard the, tw I heard the rumor that uh, your band was going to play for, nope. I heard 25 billion a song and not, you turned nope, it down. Not okay. Yeah, that's an insult. I mean, yeah, it's way too I mean, long. Yes. But how did, especially for you three working musicians, how is, you know, and Rob, your gig with the, your Sammy Hagar Van Halen loving people, obviously, at that show that they saw. It was one of the last gigs I saw. Who, me? Yeah, at the show at, uh, what's the heck's Pineapple Jacks? That was like one of the last shows I saw before COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah, I just had yeah. to say, somebody in your band loves a Sammy Hagar because <laughs> they kept playing, kept playing the Sammy Hagar. But yeah. like in terms of especially Nothing being busy that, with gigs, but... how has it affected you working musicians? Obviously, the last year. Well, tremendously. I mean, the whole industry's been shut down, and anybody who can gig is are the guys that can go, you know, in a corner with their um, acoustic guitar, more or less, and it's called incidental music, you know. And I mean, there's been there's been there's been some stuff here and there. I mean, there have been ways guys have gotten out playing in a backyard somewhere. There's some been there's been some outdoor things I saw. Um, what at the Pelicans Nest? They set up a tent and they were able to get some bands playing. So, but obviously you're, you're talking 99 percent of the of the industry has been just obliterated right now, and it's tough. I mean, you've got guys, name player guys that are out there selling possessions to try and pay their bills at this point. I do know a couple, so. like one of my friends who does a pretty decent zoo, she had to get another job during this. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if I mean, luckily for me, when I was touring with Lou, I always had, you know, something else to do when I was home, strictly out of mostly boredom because, you know, I only went away for weekends with him. So what else am I going to do for the other four or five days of the week? And then, you know, extra money. So I've just kept doing that. I teach drums, too. And, and that got me through all this once the music thing dried up. I mean, at least I had something that I've always had. People that always did this as their gig all of a sudden found themselves screwed. And that's 
tough. And roadies. And, you know, we're talking everybody. Publicists. We're talking merch people. We're, I mean, anybody that has anything to do there with this. There was a huge article in Rolling Stone a couple issues ago about the, the industry. Yeah. And just what you're saying. Yep. All the all the promoters, all the merch people, mm-hmm. all the people that are, you know, the, the guys that transport gear. I mean, all, they got, all of a sudden, they're like, now what do I do? Everybody. Yeah. I mean, people just think of the musicians. I mean, musicians are the main guys, but there's a gazillion other people that yeah. this affected. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, I, I was doing a lot of recording we, we, with none of us willpower. We took the time to, like, work on some new songs and stuff like that. So that was good. I mean, that's about all you can do. We did a couple Zoom things. We did the home stage XXI thing. But, you know, and that was a, I, I think that was a great platform that XXI got right on that. Hmm. And, you know, you could send your stuff in and they would have a platform and then you could, you know, bands could. Was that at the little? I forget because I know Maber. Well, that did was at the little, but there was also just on their, yeah. on their website. Yeah, I know Maber did one. It was just you just watch it on like YouTube. Or but at least it gave you something to shoot for, and there was somebody saying, "Hey, okay, you know, we." I mean, obviously they've got the the gear to do all that stuff, so something's better than nothing. Yeah, John, you were managing. I mean, you were managing quote unquote the mass drummer probably for matches <laughs> at this time. <laughs> yeah. I've never I seen was, you two together, but I know you, man. You know you don't want to. grappling with Whenever <laughs> I had a gig in the town, he seemed to have a mat- match in a, a neighboring town. I, no, but for me, you know, in, in, in this industry where the prime directive is to fill whatever venue your band has been hired to play, it's, uh, it's kooky and weird to, you know, be paranoid about a packed house. Uh, I am fortunate in that I've never been in a place where music has been my main livelihood. So um, I've always held a day job and, you know, I've never, you know, for that matter, never broke out huge because of that, maybe. But uh, when this happened, my music was my part-time job and a lot of income. And that went away. And I was, you know, driving my band, the JPP, and we were we had a t- bunch of tremendous momentum that just all went away. But so, I mean, it's, uh, and I haven't gigged since February 1st of 2020 when we played our last note at Three Heads Brewing and I took a break to take my hernia surgery and then this happened, <laughs> you know. So we just got back together, uh, put an album out with the uh, Centenary Road Band, uh, which is a great record I'm really proud of. But I've been fortunate in that it has not had to sustain my livelihood. And my brethren who have been lucky enough to make a living off of music, boy, this has really hurt them. And I think you yeah. also hit the point, Rob, because I think you could speak a little about CMAC, can't you, Jeff, how it's going this year? But before, you, the only thing is you don't realize, like, yeah, the Rolling Stones are going to be fine. But even the big gigs, it's the well, people who work at, like, the, the state, you know, who do the work behind the scenes who's losing money, too. I think, if you, I think if you go off of what everybody said, I mean, the overall economics slash dynamics of the mu- music industry have evolved and changed, like everything else in society, but... You know, before streaming and social media, bands could put out an album and they were making money off of selling the album. Maybe not a lot of money, but they were making money. And they're making money off of merchandise and they're making money off tickets. Then you add streaming to that. Now they're not making any money. So now they have to tour. So if you're just a music fan, prior to COVID, it was like like the greatest thing ever. More bands were touring. You had way more options. 
I mean, I can remember being younger going, man, I wish this band would come to town. I wish this band would come to town. Now it's like, shit, I don't Which one am I going to go to? I wish any band would come to town. No, I mean, before COVID, it was like, which one? You know, I got to like, which, where do I want to put my money? I got mm-hmm. options. It was great. And then COVID hit. And it's like, shit, there's nothing. Well, think about and, what's going to happen. All the people that work for the bands or support that, they're screwed. Um, the nice thing... And will they come back? Sorry to interrupt. Well, yeah. Because a lot of them are not... They're done. They, they got day jobs. They got something stable. Yeah. They're not coming back to working for bands. Yeah, I mean, the, the bigger the bigger ones will, you know, they'll figure it out. Um, there are starting to see shows. They're getting posted. Going to happen this year. You asked about C-Mac. They only have two shows posted right now for um, 2020. And I think those are in August. Uh, and I think it's more of like, let's hope and see what's going to happen. Well, seeing what happened so. will be interesting because let's just assume everything goes back to quote-unquote normal and it opens up, which I, I have my doubts. Nothing's ever going to be I've normal heard, No, again. I've heard the seven uh, new deadly strains on the radio on the way over here. Well, there's always going to be some way of keeping us in check, but let, let's just... Play. I like when the seven deadly strains were Taco Bell. I mean, hey, let's think about it. Hell, COVID took Nick Tahoe's out. What there the you fuck? go. Yeah. But what what I want to say is okay, so let's let's play devil's advocate and say things will get back to normal. Let's just say, yeah. all right. So everything opens back up. Now you got all these bands who haven't toured in a year and a half, two years. They're all fighting for the same venues, the same dates, the right. same everything. And and the guys that potentially the promoters are going to want are the guys are going to pull in the most money, of course. So the B and C level bands are going to be left out in the cold because wow. a lot of the clubs shut down because of this. So you're really screwed. And then you got to figure out who's going to insure against COVID. I mean, really, I mean, these venues are going to, you know, they don't want to get sued because somebody can go in there and claim they got sick. So you got to have insurance sure. for this. Yeah. You're talking limited capacities. We talked about even Cuomo or somebody was saying, well, we'll put it back up at 30%. Who's making well, money at 30%? Right, but, but, Nobody's but, but, making but, but money let at 30%. Me, all right, so let me throw this question out. So let's say it, it is 30%. Mm-hmm. And you're a promoter and you have a, a facility and you can go with band A or band B. Mm-hmm. Band A would probably sell the place out. And band B would probably be less than a sellout, but would be cheaper than band A. Right. Well, I'm going with band B because I'm only sure. stuck at 30%. I'm going to pay less money up front. It's a matter of finances, right. sure. Yeah. I mean, I think so the, the, effect, that's that going to be a full house if Band B. Right, Band B, a that's a full house, and I'm yeah. paying for what I know and I'm going to get. you're also saying when you go to some venues, you're going to see the prices are raised for the drinks and food, obviously. Oh, that's it already is bad. That's happening already. already. And the thing I found, like, I'm, Michaela has a gig at the Hollow. It was actually literally her gig at the Hollow last March was the last traveling gig in Albany. And tickets were twelve fifty. Tickets are 80 bucks this time because there's so few mm-hmm. seats because yeah. it's a small place. they got to make their money somehow it's going to be tough who's going to pay what is it genesis wants 500 dollars a ticket or whatever the hell it is uh, first i mean i was like really they're when, playing when, again when, yes. when genesis announced that they were coming i'm like all right this would be great and i'm sitting i'm like do i really want to see phil collins come out sit in a chair in the middle of the stage right right like he's gonna like fall over <laughs> yeah and, and do genesis songs no. i'm like fuck that you know that's I'm the point too it. and we have to be honest like some bands are not getting any younger and like stevie nick said one of the things covid did was that it might have been taking away the rest of her touring life because you're not right. getting any younger. Right. And then oh, you don't sure. do it. I think Roger oh. Daltrey oh. said, yeah. this, this one ran through my head the other day because, all right, first it's a show that I'm not paying money to. I wouldn't go see. 
But it's it was a big promotion. It was at a Def Leppard, Motley Crue, whatever show. And, all right, we're going to go out in 2022. And all I'm sitting there goes, dude, is Mick Myers going to be alive? <laughs> right. <laughs> the dude's like, what, 76 or some he's shit like that? He's still alive? He looks like he's walking death. No, I thought he was in bad shape a few years back. Right. right. He's had a bad yeah, muscle I use, like, Jeff's description. I saw yeah. The Who in 2017 at CMIC. They put on a great show. They were phenomenal. Roger Dalton does look like B. Arthur. Oh, he looks like B. Arthur. But, <laughs> but I always go, the way to enjoy Won't Get Fooled Again is a major when Roger does the yell that he got kicked in the nads. <laughs> <laughs> But that was like, wasn't that like the second biggest selling show at CMAC? I think so. They were phenomenal. They were great, though. They were I'm, great. I'm, I debated going. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to see them. I mean, they're old. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I went and I was like, holy shit, they were fucking awesome. I wanted to see <laughs> Zach Starkey play drums, but that's what that yeah, was. Yeah, that would have been really good. That would have been really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was good. He and was they good. even did a montage to like Moon and Entwistle. Like Townsend did this guitar playing, and they just did a film of their whole history. Yeah. Did they? Oh, that's yeah. cool. No, they were. I they were would, great, I would though. They recommend were recommend seeing them. They were phenomenal. Well, and that that brings up another quick question. Um, you know, when these guys are gone, who's there to to fill the gap when all the rock well, stars are gone? Well, we know a band gone? that won't come back. What's Iron that? Maiden. You, yeah. <laughs> that's who's filling it. Oh, Iron, good. Iron Maiden. Oh, speaking of that, like I know you played at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Are any thoughts mm-hmm. like on the people getting elected, or is anybody you know? Can, you know, I'm glad Randy Rhodes is finally getting mentioned. Yep, you know, yep. that's cool. Other than that, I don't pay attention to that I stuff. I still Rundgren got in. Yeah. All right. It, so, to me, it's a joke. I mean, it's just whoever, that Jan guy from Rolling Stone and his group and their politics. Jan Wiener, what is with the, the politics of that place sounds very strange. I mean, it's, it, it's, it, it's, listen to the, okay, it's all politics because mm-hmm. take Foreigner as an example. Now, from oh, what I understand, they should, well, I bring those Foreigners should have been in a long time yeah, ago. They won't let them in. Rob, because it's politics between <laughs> Mick Jones and the people running the thing. And, and Mick Jones, as far as I understand, and this is just hearsay, was told as long as I'm alive, whoever said this to him, I the big weeks, as long yeah. as I'm alive, you guys ain't getting in there. You know? Yeah, these, They're in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Well, that's cool, too. But, that, but have you ever done any Foreigner covers up? Hmm? Me? Done, yeah. yeah, never. <laughs> so, well, yeah. only for years. Right. I was going to ask, like, John, you've done, like, between originals and covers, is it tough on the covers to try to make it sound like if you really want to make it sound like that band? Uh, or you prefer well, to improvise? Yeah, for, for me, uh, like, uh, I found it very challenging uh, to rep, uh, to play, like, drummers like Rob, who can really... Um, go from song to song to song and really sound like that guy, uh, I find that very hard for me to do. I mean, I could play any song you ask me to do, uh, but it, um, I, I, through my experience of doing it, uh, I found, I found it like, you know, I can play, play dream theater stuff and I can, but, but I, you know, it is unbelievably challenging for me to do that, and I, 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 I through trying to do it and doing it with a few bands filling in, I gained a huge respect for the guys who do that. You know, I'm, I, uh, you know, like kind of like Keith Moon was very, uh, very. Uh, you know, focus like he insane. Yeah, well, he, well, he was insane, <laughs> but we all as drummers loved him, right? We, you know, he's one of the awesome. But he couldn't get outside of his box, right? He he desperately wanted to be a studio drummer, but he didn't know how to use a hi hat. You know, <laughs> he didn't know how to get funky. He didn't. Uh, so like, um, 
And I'm not that bad. I'm not comparing myself to Keith Moon, please. Nobody thinks that. You didn't but. drive the car into a pool on the way to the studio, do you? Know? <laughs> but it is a, there's a certain chameleon aspect to doing that that I am, I'm, you know, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Um, and I have mad respect for drummers like Rob and, and all the drummers uh, out there who are doing that. I filled in for... Um, Tehran a few times. Oh, ter- yeah, yeah. And cool. And uh, um, and and other bands. And it's and if I'm doing my thing, or when I was playing with Buddha Hood, playing the world beat music, playing reggae and the, the funk. But man, I like how come pour some sugar on me is so hard for me. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, you don't need sweets. Hey, don't worry about it, man. I turn this channel when that thing comes out. <laughs> but it, not it, stripping it, it up. Yeah, but, you, but you're not in bad company. But take take a guy. No, a perfect Paul example. Rogers. I forgot who was the drummer in Bad Company. He wasn't Simon down. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> here's, a, here's a perfect example. Uh, Tommy Aldrich, one of my favorite drummers. Now he'll admit and has admitted he's no good at copying anybody's anything. But here's a guy who's made a career off of playing in bands that he's really never recorded too many records with. He's mm-hmm. done the live right. thing. You know, with yeah. Ozzy, you know, yeah. he recorded one record, Bark at the Moon. And then you look at White Snake, and, you know, he's been on maybe one White Snake record, but he's made, he's been on White Snake on and off for 30 years. So, but he, you listen to his interpretation, and he just can't, he's not playing it like the guy on the yeah, record. So right. you're in good company. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing, I mean, you have to have your own identity because that's what sets you apart from everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you play like you said. You play to your strengths. Some guys are great at copying everybody, but they don't have their own identity. Mm. So to me, it's a combination of both. You I'd, know? Ra- I'd rather listen I, I to think, a cover tune what, that's got some flavor to it than that's the difference. That's I think I think, I think yeah. Rob, you made the point to like say John or Greg or you, if you're playing in your own band and you're going to say let's do a cover of this during our set, you can put your own spin on it. Sure. But oh, if people want to come to see like obviously Lou yeah. and or like you know some of your right. bands, they want to hear what they yes. hear on so their listen, record. They right. don't want to hear you like diddling doing a jazz well, exactly. fusion yes. theme exactly. in the middle of but it depends on the context when you have to learn those things the point is all that information seeps into your brain mm-hmm. and all that stuff goes into your collective little bag of tricks because sure. you're listening and this guy oh this guy okay he's doing mm. these cool hi-hat barks or whatever he's doing there or this guy cool bass drum patterns or oh this is cool stuff he does on this you know so all those little ideas then down the road yeah, subconsciously you, you it becomes. incorporate yeah. all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So without even practicing, well, you had to practice to learn them. But I'm just saying, without even thinking about purposely learning these things, you, you got them. But right. then it's going to bleed into other stuff you right. do because it's and there. that's that's the good thing about cover cover bands because I'm in a couple, you know, and I have to learn like you know this and that and Joan Jett and this and that and you know. It's sure. like, well, I'm gonna. I, I, so yeah, I'm another gonna, one, Jerry Greg, you're a chameleon. Yeah, I'm gonna like go, I'm gonna go back. Music, though, I, I, I don't know. I'm I gonna guess. go back to that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame thing because this one kind of yeah. bugs me, um, <laughs> for for a specific reason. Um, well, Steve for, for, first off, I, I didn't think the list was bad. The people that got in, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I, I, I thought yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty diverse. It, it hits on a lot of things. I thought Foo Fighters was way too soon. Like way too. Yeah. Foreigners not in there. Yeah. Foo Fighters like, shouldn't be in the conversation. It's like their first time they're eligible, and bam, they're in. So it's to me, it's to, yeah. but to me, it felt like when Metallica lost the Grammy to Jethro Tull. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> wait, wait, you don't put in Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. 
but you put in Foo Fighters. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, you li- and I listened to this show on Sirius XM called Volume, and it's they got the show called Feedback, and they talk about, it's just music talk, it's great. Listen to Eddie Trunk talk about the record. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Eddie t- Trunk just talks about himself. Well, like, yeah, way me, more. me, me, me. But they, you know, they talk, oh, Jay-Z should be, he's relevant, he's still, he's one of the biggest artists, he's still produced, and I'm like, dude, you're just making the case for Maiden, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Maiden should, I mean, Maiden should be in, Priest should be in, Motorhead should be in, Thin Lizzy should be in, mm-hmm. but every time one of these bands comes up and they get passed over, they're like, well, we have metal in there, we have Def Leppard, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking <laughs> right. about, really? Yeah. But yeah. Foo Fighters, first time out. How about yep. this? Put Soundgarden in over Foo Fighters. So Put Alice in Chains in. Twenty five years already. Yeah. Isn't, is that yeah. I mean, I, they're they're on track to be in. I mean, they are great. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh yeah, no, I heard I, their no. new album. I, 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 really I believe they should be in, yeah, but it was right. just too soon. No, I think they're like a younger generation's Led Zeppelin. Like you yeah, know, um, kinda, they're yeah. just gonna be icons. I think they're gonna be timeless. But you have a point there, and. That, when was that? When like thirty years ago, almost when 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 uh, was when, when Jethro Tull went over Metallica? Yeah, it was like yeah. ninety years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and all those like, I think seniority <laughs> should have seniority should come into play somewhere. You know what I mean? A Deep Purple should beat the Foo Fighters, and I'm sorry, yeah, I, right. I, I, just I because they've been around. It's you know it's what Deep I mean? Purple in. Yes. Okay. Yeah, fine. It took them for it took them forever. Good. But the heavy like, metal thing still blows my mind. I mean, how could they? It, it almost shows me that they don't even understand the music that they're that, voting in. They so that, that's why I use no. the Metallica Jethro Tall. Yeah. Like everybody that knew, like really knew music. Oh, this is a hands down Metallica all day long. And they're like right. Jethro Tall. We're like. That what flute's the? a rock and metal solo of those flute. bands with those flutes. Yeah. I'm like, where are you coming with this shit? It's so obviously a click and and. And who what, what who is this? Who are are these DJs across the country? Or is this a board that sits in Cleveland? Or what? It's it's a it's a board of directors, music insiders that vote. They give a fan vote. Mm-hmm. Maiden was Maiden was uh, in the top five of the fan vote, but the fan vote. So all these people, all these one percent equates to. But you have one, actually one vote, one. Oh, so you have. Goodness. You know, three hundred thousand people vote for the band, right? There's no band but without the fan. One, one vote. vote. Yeah. There's no I mean, band look, without the fan. You look at Iron Maiden, and I actually draw a comparison of all bands to Rush. Where this is in terms of sales, they have consistent sales. Whenever they yeah. tour, they sell out. You know, they always deliver. You yeah, know, the weird part just, was, like you said, reading Halford's book. I didn't realize that they, one of you said it to me. Halford and Dickus had left their bands at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It, it was interesting how they came back at the same time. They went away at the same time. Yeah, it was, uh-huh. it was like, I know Rob like went off the sauce like around 86. <laughs> his book's really interesting. Oh, his book is very interesting. Very oh, there's really some stuff I didn't need to hear. Him and Carmine Apisa's book. Oh, I don't wash my hands after <laughs> really? this. Yeah. Oh, it's full of s- s- all sorts of sex shit and oh. stuff. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Worth every penny. Really. Yes, I read both of oh, them. Oh, I'll write this down. Carmine and also, book. a certain oh, yeah. guest is mentioned in the paperback edition of Lou's book. Oh, that would be me. And but the thing is about Foreigner too, and I think a lot of people they don't realize. Be in the rock and roll reading this book, you forget how huge they were. Sure, I mean they were really big. Well, the problem with Foreigner is is, and you know I know we're in Rochester and everybody knows Lou and all that, and this isn't mean to, meant to be bad. And even Eddie Trunk will say this, and I agree with him, is you've got certain bands like Kiss where each guy is a star and icon. You know who they are. But Foreigner, unfortunately, is kind of what you would call. 
sounds bad, but like a, a faceless band. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like REO, Journey, all bands. those type of bands. And those Nick. Well, what you think of, usually. Yeah, but you know, I mean. They had pictures on the albums. So nobody had freaking Ian McDonald's poster up no, on the wall. Right, I'm right. sorry, yeah. you know, as great as all those I guys did. were. Okay, you did. <laughs> so, I also like Mr. Moonlight as an album. Well, that's an incredible I love that record. album. Yeah, a lot of people don't even know. Record. Oh, well, yeah. look how look how long it, it took uh, the Doobie Brothers to get in. Like, how, like they just got in last year. Yeah, Cheap uh, Track. Like, I mean, all what these bands. the fuck? Yeah, I just watched a, a Doobie Brothers concert. Is on that Two B app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roku hmm. at the Beacon Theater. And they got horn section, and yeah. they are just unbelievable band. Yeah, and it took, took with them. one room. <laughs> yeah, it was New Year's Eve, like 1973. I was at home with my big brother, and this brand new band came on, and you know Dick Clark's whatever. And this is when our parents let us stay up. I was like, you know what, seven or something, and this new song with this new band, and it came out with us, Black Water. Me and my brother jumping around the room. We were addicted to that song. I thought they were brothers, too. I didn't realize they were named after weed. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's the point you brought up, John. Now, for all of you your age, I'm a little younger, so I don't know. But, like, now the music's all over the place. Sometimes there's too much to choose from. Remember growing up, we had to, like, if our parents let us stay up, there was, like, Dick Clark, like, Midnight Special. Right. Don Kirshner's rock Don Kirshner's rock concert. I have a kid. Man, you had to like Man. find music. Yeah. yeah. That Good. was part of the it was part of the journey. It was like yeah. great. You'd you'd meet people that like had like tastes and yeah. you'd share shit. Oh, this is yeah. check this out. Yeah. This is great. You're gonna like this. That's interesting because I just another you gotta check this two B app out because there's tons of music crap on hmm. this thing. Documentaries. There was this one thing I just watched it yesterday. It was called Mayhem and something or other, but it was all about oh, the Scenesters or whatever. But it was all about the L.A. 90s Melrose. Oh, yeah. Ad. Somebody, a friend of mine just told me about that. Yeah. And it's just, and they're all saying the same thing. Man, there were all these clubs, and, you know, everybody came out, mm-hmm. and you could have this band, and they were this way, and then this metal band would play after them, and there was no, like, competition, and it was like a whole group. It's like a community type yeah. of thing. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, yeah. I, and it was like really interesting, and it, it, it's like. Well, the internet, in a way, the one thing the internet did that ruined things is now anybody can put anything up there, and it's all. I mean, there's a shitload of stuff out there. Yeah. There's right. too much stuff. Back in the day, you know, not everybody could get a record deal or put out a record, so right. there was a certain vetting process where if you know somebody got yeah. a record deal they mm-hmm. went through some filters right. most of them i mean some mm-hmm. slipped through it bad but now anybody could do anything there's too much white noise out there and there's too you know it's hard to find the good reason. stuff right. there's also <laughs> kim drayheim our friend kim drayheim when kim. he was on here he made a point he said remember this greg we were asking about how records and he got really emotional about it yeah. he said back in the 60s okay for whatever the negatives were you had people who cared about music right. and they said like these days dylan would have got tossed because his first Thumbs in, sell quick song. Oh, a lot of bands. Look yeah. at them. Where now, if you like the music, you would let them slide because you thought they were good. You got to get in on the first run, otherwise you're done. I mean, a perfect example, let's say Bon Jovi. Their first two albums didn't do a lot. No, I saw them open, like, for bands. Remember, you probably went to the shows, too. Yeah. I just never saw them. But they didn't hit till their third record, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't have gotten that chance today. No That's way. funny. That's, okay. Okay. That work hold, the on, other... hold on. <laughs> would they, would they have... Go on, John, afterwards. Would they have even hit if it wasn't for MTV? 
Well, that's another. That's a whole another discussion. That definitely helped. You know, MTV was a huge thing. Oh, yeah. so, but fans, yeah. but today, you know, I mean, but at least it was a vetting. Still, it was some sort of filter there, where just right. not everybody get on there. Now on the internet, any anybody can record a record in their bedroom and put it up on YouTube or whatever. Any anybody can do anything that they want, which is great. But the problem is, there's too much of it. So trying oh, to find yeah. the good stuff is hard. Oh, absolutely. And there's no filter. There's nobody that vetted it being good right. to get released. Yeah. So I now, know, but, but I, th- I, I mean, I kind of like the fact that there's all this stuff's out there. Oh, that's definitely good. And to me, like the cream rises, you know. But you can also say shit rises too. I mean, but, but, but it's just harder to find the cream, cream rises to the yeah, top too. Mean, these little lumps. But 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 then I also Sometimes think, shit, you know, <laughs> like when we were kids, I would find something to share with you. You'd find something to share with right? me. You, you go to a record store. You talk to the guy that owned the records, and you'd be like, "Oh, check this out. You're gonna like this, right?" Yeah. With but, all the stuff that's out there, you know, if you're talking to people that are in, they're, hey, check this out. This is because now you, know, you might find something I, I would never run across. Oh, sure. So I'm, you still have that. And the other thing was too is like, yeah, I would go like Jeff. You been down the lakeshore? What'd you get? Yeah. Like you go down there and do something. What I would do in the day because stuff was so cheap. Place. I, oh, I yeah. know. But I, but I would go down. I would go places like Lakeshore, House of Guitars. Sure. If I saw a cool album cover, it was cheap enough, I'd just buy it. Mm-hmm. And just try it from there. Well, that was a lot of it. I mean, you'd, mm-hmm. you right, saw this, if it was a good album cover. I'm going to buy it. You'd never even listen to it. <laughs> you put it. It was like a crapshoot. <laughs> Holy shit, this is great. But now, God, like, I, I mean, we're an example of what crap. we're doing right now. Though, When I started doing this, I was like, I mean, there's a lot of really not good podcasts there. There's good ones, though, too. Exactly. You Anybody can do them. But you can do them. Sure. Yeah. You know, but John, you had a point to make? Oh. Share it with the class. Oh, well, let's see. It was a funny anecdote about what we were just saying. Um, uh, I was at work, and we're playing music, and um, Pink Cadillac by Bruce Springsteen is playing. Pink Cadillac. And that tune is repetitive through the whole tune, you know. Huge hit, smash hit, uh, and Bruce Springsteen is a legend, and I hope I don't piss people off, but uh, I said a remark to a guy, he said, well, good thing he wrote Born to Run first, (laughs) 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 because he wouldn't got the... (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And he brought that to the guy in 1974, it's like, go go pound sand, pal. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, but, you know, because, you know, that tune undoubtedly is hooky. Sure. It's just a groove, and people sometimes just like the groove. Yeah. And well, know, it's amazing once you once you see once you become famous and got a reputation and you you've established yourself, as a lot of artists have proved, then you can go out and do whatever the hell you want to do yeah. and get away with it yeah. just because you're who you are. Or you get people to have more patience with you. So just right. listen to this. Right, because yeah. it's Bruce, and Bruce yeah. has already done all. I this. want right. to do a country <laughs> album. You know, like that. Sure. Oh man, yeah, that was. Uh, so you guys were talking about that stuff, and I, that story popped in my mind. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, going back to that, you were mentioned Midnight Special, and I was rummaging around at a dollar store or something and found a Midnight Special DVD, mm-hmm. and so it had like I don't know seven or eight performances on there. Argent, mm-hmm. hold your head up. Harry Chapin doing Taxi, <laughs> right? But, I mean, he, Harry Chapin, he's got a cello player with him. He's got, I mean, this was all live. No no BS, no verb, no nothing. No just, auto-tune. Just <laughs> straight up these guys playing live, and that was it. 
And it yeah. was it, it was really cool. And I'm watching this, like, like, man, there's like no tricks, there's no crazy editing. It's just <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing that back then the people concept, actually you know. played. Yeah. But but here's a, here's I mean that, that's a whole nother tension we could talk about. But the problem is once certain people get away with using tracks and computers and what the audience thinks they're seeing and hearing ain't right. really what's going on. Then you got guys that play live. Now they got to compete with the guys that sound perfect. Right, right. Yeah. It's like, so now, okay, now we got to probably use tracks because they sound like the record. And even though we can do it, you know, now we don't, but we don't sound like our record, but it's just fucked up. And take a band <laughs> yeah. like the Eagles. And I'm not going to tell you who told me this, but the Eagles today basically play along to a computer. Even though those guys could sing, like, I mean, look at how well right. they sang. Yep. Now those yeah. guys are playing to a computer. And I know Don Feldman's book said Don Hanley wants it to sound just like the album. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, but yeah. the thing is, right. I've been working on some demos, and we're going to be recording them with live musicians, obviously. But just to cut some videos, we've used studio music, right? So I sent the one to a friend. You know what his comment was? I don't know who's playing the band, but that band is great. Who's what? playing the band? <laughs> you know, who's playing those instruments? The band's great. I got a funny, real quick funny story. Joe Vitale, a famous drummer for, he played with the guys in the Eagles and Joe Wallace and all that. And he told me, he, he was telling me a funny story. When he was on tour with the Eagles, one night they were playing some song and he did a little fill that wasn't on the record, thought it was cool. A couple of guys turned around and looked at him or whatever. And, right. you know, th 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 he thought it was a cool thing. After the show, he gets called up to, uh, was, I think it was Fry, or it might have been Probably I Henley. I Henley, Henley. Henley was the, the freaking. Hen yeah. So yeah. Henley called him up to his hotel room. He opens up the door part way in his bathroom or whatever and he goes, Hey, Joe. You know, that fill you did tonight in whatever song, Hotel California, let's just say. And Joe's like, Yeah. And he goes, don't ever do that again. <laughs> Shuts the door. <laughs> and so the next day at sound check, the guys were coming up to him and they go, I'll give you $500 to do that fill again. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is you do that fill, that's the last $500. It's like, here's yeah, your 500 you're yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, but right. I heard the story, Greg Counts and my good friend, he's producing a band in England called the Hillbilly that's Moon right. Explosion. They work next door to Van Morrison. He said he could hear Van screaming at his musicians and throwing them out if they even got one note wrong. Well, who did that? James Brown would do that too. Yeah. Some of these guys are sticklers. They want it. Chuck Berry's tough. Co I mean, Chuck Berry, hell of a drug, yeah, dude. Hell of a drug. <laughs> but that was one thing I was going to go back to a little because we used to always. Did John and Greg? Did you have a go-to record store when you were little ones? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Mine was in in my formative years was in Cincinnati, Ohio. You drove yeah. all the way from here to Cincinnati <laughs> yeah. for record day to be really good. I went to high school in Cincy, and uh, speaking of discovering little, you know, how you we used to discover music, there was this weekend Friday night metal show on one of the local independent stations, and me and my boys would run around in the car, get McDonald's, and drive around and listen to this show and by the uh, way for the young people mcdonald's means get some beer <laughs> <Yeah>. that's right haha <laughs> 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 we know yeah, <laughs> and mcnuggets anyway um uh that one you need to figure out yourself the shamrock shake <laughs> <laughs> but this was the early 1980s and they played this one song and we were all on the heels of uh I think maybe peace of mind from Maiden, and we're waiting for the next Maiden release. It might have been, it might have been, <laughs> favorite. might have been Number of the Beast, but we're waiting for the next Maiden release. And they played the song, and we're like, "That must be the new brand new Iron Maiden," and it was Queen of the Reich. I was gonna say Queen's Reich. I thought the same thing too. When, when Ron first started playing Queen's, the first Queen's Reich EP, I thought it was some Maiden the song. Lady wore yeah. black, Queen of the Reich, the war song, EP. Lady wore black, all that stuff. We yeah. were all, we were like. 
you know, turning it up as loud as we could, yeah. banging our heads. Dude, that's that was so funny. A, yeah. I thought the same thing when yeah, I first heard it. And we're probably the same age. I'm 55, right? I'm 53. So okay, so we're that. same generation. So yeah. uh, the next day, you know, we queened this new band, Queensryche. We go down to the college station, which was near University of Cincinnati. I forget the name of the place. WKRP. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got our hands on that force. I still have it in my record I have it in a cassette. Yeah. There's a place called Rainbow Records on the Ridge. I used to go down. They'd have yeah. all every cassette was either like what was it like six ninety nine or four ninety nine for an EP. Mm. Yeah. And I go and they had it locked in the case so I couldn't steal it. And I go, <laughs> I want this. <laughs> but then thief. I met Queenswick was one of the first bands I ever met. They opened for Kiss. That was there. That was the guitarist. My dad's got a great picture. He took the picture of the drummer. The drummer's aiming his stick at him. Mm-hmm. And they were just great. Oh, you know, we were we were addicted, man. And then then Warning came out. Oh, well, they were great yeah. stuff. See, I thought Warning sounded like Maiden, too. Like Bruce, it did. It did. Warning, Warning. Uh, he, you know, once you get used to it, he has a definite, definitely his own inflection like voice. It's just a, that high screamy <laughs> yeah. metal voice. Very operatic. Yeah, <laughs> but. But uh, you know what I really loved is that third record that a lot of people don't like. Yeah, oh, with, Rage uh, for Order. Yeah. I Dream in Infrared. Walk in the Shadows. One of the, remember when we saw Jeff Tate? That was so like one good. of the, I think Walk in the Shadows is one of the encores near the end. Yeah, yeah great song. Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite albums. That album's ridiculous. Isn't it funny how it gets looked over? Everybody I talk it's, it to goes, It goes from it. a warning <laughs> to mind crime. It's like, wait a second, there's something in between there. That's like the elder for Kiss. You know, back right, then, back yeah. in the day, it threw everybody off. And now today, it's like, I, I dug that one. You know, it's just kind of... It's interesting as time... Well, I'm not saying you did right from the beginning, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying sometimes as time goes on, all of a sudden, the stuff we thought was all fucked up is oh, suddenly no. cool. No, my oh, elder... Yeah, I, have my, yes. I have the weirdest <laughs> elder CD, so I like for my parents for Christmas, like get me the get me kiss the elder they get me the tape right i put it in they messed up it was a huey lewis tape so <laughs> yeah. we took it back and i guess there was something wrong with the way that they got him so they were giving out elders but there was a huey lewis wow this is really different i'm like yeah. well, and I'm no but the first thing is i'm listening to it at first going wow they sound really different yeah. well when i was a young metalhead listening to uh the queen's right and the maiden to to put a point on what rob just said I hated the Beatles. I couldn't find anything righteous about them. You know, that was how stupid a young mind can be, <laughs> you know, uh, and how you grow and you, you know, you realize, wow, that really yeah. is the most amazing music right? around. Yeah, it was like even, that with the doors. You know, even, and then you're like Ozzy, <laughs> Ozzy's favorite band, Beatles. Yeah. Because the drummer um, wasn't laying down a thousand notes per measure, I didn't, mm. wasn't impressed with it. <laughs> right. Um, well, it's like, do you like the same food necessarily you did 50 years ago? You know, no. everybody changes, and, no. you know, yeah. it's just... If I ate the same food I ate 50 years ago, I'd be dead now, probably. <laughs> Give me those, anything hostess. Well, hey, Rob, you, you lost like half a guy since I've seen you last. Whenever this is not shown <laughs> as a picture... Pounds, yeah. I mean, that, Rob. Oh, that guy, him too? Yeah. But one of the things, too, is like, we've told the story, and I have to do a, I want to make sure it's not the Ron Stein, the voice. I don't, I put trademark up, I acknowledge that, but Ron Stein, who owned uh, Lakeshore. Yeah. And we used to go down there, and he would just go, okay, what do you got for us this week? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and he'd just go, you got to try this, you got to try this, you got to try That's how I found King Diamond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember when when Master Puppets came out? He took a Master Puppets and put it in front of every every single single bin. bin. Master, 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 Master. 
<laughs> that was a game changer. Oh, fuck it. Well, I saw it. They opened for Ozzy, <laughs> yeah, right? Because yeah. that, yeah. that was the yeah. first time I saw them. Yeah, when Cliff was still alive. Yeah. yeah. I was there. It was awesome. I was right when I moved to Rochester. Mm. Right? I, I, rem- I remember going to that. I remember being in high school and we were going to go to that show. Everybody was like, oh, Ozzy. I'm like, dude, Metallica's going to blow him off the stage. Yeah. Destroy and they're him. like, what are you talking Who? I'm like, I am the <laughs> opening band that is going to crush this guy. I didn't get to go to that concert. When that the- when that show ended, everybody's like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, I can only imagine. Sam you were there? Mm-hmm. I was there. Van Halen. I never saw Raw. I saw Raw solo, and I saw everything. We all went to the Hollander Stadium. The Hollander Silver, Silver Stadium, Stadium show Stadium. Yeah. with Kim Mitchell yeah. and Bachman Turner yeah. overtime, right? Yeah, I was there. We all, and they sold this beer, too, which was awesome. Because we were under, he's in a care. Do you guys remember? Kim Mitchell, I'm a huge Kim Mitchell fan. Patio Lanterns. Do you guys remember Metallica Overdrive? The sh- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We used to okay. listen to it all the time. In 86, when I first moved to Rochester, it was that, that Metallica Ozzy show was happening, and I didn't get to go. But a few months later, Ingve Malmsteen opened up for Triumph. Yep. At the in '86, so I was my first show living here, mm. and uh, I remember uh, 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 Rick Emmett had a broken leg. He's hoppling around in a freaking oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot so about to, that. to bring it all around, so you're bringing up the Triumph Ingve show, and you're bringing up all the music uh, shows you watch on uh, that Tubi. I'm waiting for the the Triumph documentary. Yeah, it's coming out. Coming oh, I can't out. wait to see that. I yeah. can't wait. Did to you see have that the one? one did you meet Ingve at the Hog and you had like some import? Yes. You didn't even know what the hell yes. it was. Yeah, I had the imported version of Marching Out, which had a completely different cover. Oh wow! And so I brought it for him to sign. I still have it, and he, you know, he, he, I put it down in front of him. He looks at it and he's like. What the fuck is this? You know, in the Swedish accent. <laughs> I go, it's your, rec- it's your record. And he, I think his manager was behind him. He's turning around, holding the thing up, going, what the fuck is this? You know? And everybody's going, bootleg, bootleg, bootleg. Oh, you know, he, he didn't know what I'm, it was. Never saw I'm it. I'm confidenting this, bro. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't. But uh, <laughs> Dick Dale wanted to buy the Mojo magazine off me that it is thinking it. And then after that one, I actually did the same thing with Ian McClog and the Small Faces. I had a German import of a Small Faces. Faces album. Mm. And he looks at it and he's like, first he goes, he goes, What's your name, Rob? He goes, My manager's named Rob. You ripped me off. <laughs> so, but then he's looking at it, he goes, This looks like a bootleg. He goes, I'll sign it anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a bootleg, it was a German import. Well, it just goes to show you. I mean, all these guys, you know, people are ripping these guys off left and right. They don't know what's Well, I've what. seen the Pew Scott, the Toad Christmas edition. Yeah. And I know that's really rare. Yeah. But I think John, when you got, hoarding those. Yes. Well, you, well, when you got into metal, who was your go-to like metal thing? Um, I was uh, a complete Rush nerd uh, when I discovered. Not a good drummer, but you know, I was a complete Rush <laughs> nerd when I discovered um, Iron Maiden. I guess I saw the video. Yeah, you go. You're part of the yeah, group. Yeah, <laughs> I discovered. I, I saw Run to the Hills on MTV or something, and then you uh, ran to the record store, and then then I discovered. <laughs> Killers and their first album. And went, yeah, yeah and then, go back. Then, yeah. Uh, then I was on. I, I was with them every record until um, uh, I sort of lost me at Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, and they haven't got me back since. But really, uh, yeah, kind of. But I know the quick. I mean, Moonchild on Seventh. They had freaking songs. Awesome. It's, We're I gonna have know. a debate the next it's, half hour about that album with you and Jeff. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. 
I, you know, it's, what grabs you is what grabs you, and it's just, yeah. I can't yeah, explain. Well, Rush is a perfect example of bands that change mm -hmm. and, and do other things. And a lot of them end up coming back around years later, you know, to what got them famous. Rush but. never lost me. Yeah, well, that's cool. Hold Your Fire in the 80s came yeah. out. I didn't like it. 20 years later, I listened to it, and I was like, I love this record. Well, that's what we just said. It's amazing, you, yeah. you know, your tastes change. But I read, like, if you read uh, so Bruce's book, we'll Bruce's book about Baze Baisley, I pronounced the name Blaise of the singer, yeah. Yeah, that Harris even said that he just didn't have the right voice for us. No. Well, you know who has the right voice? As a quick side note, there's a guy on YouTube, if you haven't heard of him, it's called Rafael Mendez. you got to look him up. If you closed your eyes, and I don't say this lightly, you can't tell the you cannot tell the difference between him and Bruce Dickinson. He's got wow. a shitload of Maiden covers, both with just an acoustic guitar or a full band. The production with the band stuff is amazing, Dang and he it. does shit like Trooper and all this stuff. And then there's things like What if Bruce Dickinson sang Nirvana, and it's him sounding like Bruce Dickinson. <laughs> Dude, you gotta look him up. I swear to God, who's, who's this? Kid? Who's the kid? It's, it's amazing. Who's the kid from? I think he's from Brazil. Oh man. And like uh, George Lynch used them, and like he sounds like he'll do Dio song, sounds like Dio. Does a Maiden song, sounds like Dio. Oh, oh, I, I know who you're talking. I can't talk think of his name. Right? I know you're talking you about the comedian. No, no, this oh. is it. He's a musician. He actually did an album. Was it? Yeah. Uh, Dirty Shirley with uh, George mm -hmm. Lynch. Yep. This kid, close your eyes, sounds like Dio. Close your eyes, sounds like Bruce Dickinson. That's close, a gift. And he just is freaking crazy. Yeah. But I have memories like a maintenance first films walking around at the Mooney Carnival with a boombox playing Remember Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Unchained and oh, I forgot about the Mooney <laughs> Carnival. <laughs> 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 like, what was that freaking guy? <laughs> oh, some guy said, turn that shit off. Yeah. <laughs> Sister Margaret Mary running after yeah. the ruler. <laughs> the it's only a, Iron Maiden I have, I have that EP with with the drawing of Eddie on the cover. Oh, that narrows it down. With the li <laughs> <laughs> they, have a, they had a live EP. Wow, yeah, that one's rare. The one with Eddie on the cover. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have the one they do smoke it's on the, the water one and cross-eyed mirror. Oh, I got that yeah. one. Yeah, I got that one, yeah. Yeah. It's like saying, I got that Led Zeppelin album with Jimmy Page. I got it. the record with the hole in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding. Uh, no, I know. But it's, it's, like a ninth, it's like a late 80s one. Is it a live one? Huh. No, it's a, live after it's death, like an EP of some sort. Huh. Hmm. Made in Japan. They've got yeah, so much shit. The, 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 the amount of people that yeah. just got into that genre because of that band is just yeah. ridiculous. Yep. Well, they're a band, I, I put them up, and this is a strange oh, analogy, hey. but the Smithereens, <laughs> where I think a lot of people, even if you don't like so-called metal, or you don't like, like, with the Smithereens, you, you don't, you like them. Yeah. You know, most people, I don't think most people dislike them. Just like most people don't dislike the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, you, speaking yeah, of, like, YouTube there's... and stuff like that, you ever watch those, uh reaction videos yeah i know there's people, really there's people like that yeah. never heard and oh, they, yeah, they yeah, put yeah. it on they, you know they got the split yeah. screen you watch their face watch <laughs> watch the ones when they do uh maiden does hallowed be thy name live <laughs> and the person sits there and they're like okay and then all of a sudden he hits that note and he just continues to go <laughs> when the band and, comes and, in. and they're like yeah. stop like Holy shit, he doesn't stop. Rewind, <laughs> play it again. Yeah. Oh my God, he got high. What the fuck? Like, that's I, that's I think, so hilarious. I think it's amazing that when someone got through 30 years of life and they never heard Baker Street. <laughs> yeah. like, what? You, you never heard this song? Dude, it just shows you. Did anybody watch those videos with that Tibetan monk doing songs? And he does like breaking the law. 
No, no I've never seen that. Bones. I'm going to look I'll that one I'll send up. it to you. Oh, guys, i got to turn you on to something I just discovered. No, we don't do those things in the studio. No, Turning no. each other on? <laughs> Have you guys heard of a band called Brownstein? No. No. There's this. I discovered them through my music discovery mix app that sends me music every week. And they're some cool band that has horns and stuff, big 10-piece band, that did this whole record called Brown Sabbath of Black <laughs> Sabbath covers uh, with horns and fun. It sounds amazing. Brown Sabbath. Brown <laughs> Sabbath. <laughs> but the band's called? Brownstein. Brownstein. All right, I'm going to look them so up. Check it out. Yes, check, check them, them out. out. S-T-E-E-N or E-I-N at the end? I have to look at my phone. All right, yeah. Jeff's looking it up. Well, no, I'm plugging it in like a note. But so one I don't of the forget. things, too, is like reading Bruce's book, and Bruce even says at the end, I cut out the personal life, all stuff. This man, there could be five of them, the way he's lived. Oh, yeah. He's done. He's phone uh, playing. Airplane, yeah. fencer. Uh, soccer. Soccer. I feel like a real loser. I know. <laughs> guy's done just about everything. He, like, remember even in his book, he says that, and he's like, he's had families. He's done. He's leaving leaves all this part out. There's all this everything. He kept it. all the personal shit out. Yeah. But now he's growing his hair back long again, so now it's cool in my book. So there you go. <laughs> But it's amazing. But we were going to talk about... Rub it in, about man. Rub it brown, in. <laughs> no, it's brown out. It's not brown steam. Brown out. Brown, brown out. out. All right. Brown out. Brown out. out. Yeah, and I'll send you that Monk video. It's pretty good. This the Wizard, bit. Iron Man, NIB, Black Sabbath, Hannah Doom, Into the Void, Planet Caravan. That's It's amazing. What's this app you're using? <laughs> oh, this is uh, this is uh, Amazon Music. I, I, I get the... Uh, Music Unlimited, I subscribe to it. And they just... So I have that, but they don't just send me stuff. Is uh, there something within your uh, subscription? Like, that... Well, I, I subscribe to the Music Unlimited yeah. uh, with my Prime, and then uh, I just pick stuff to go in my cloud uh, if I like it. And oh, then and they I say based on your, you might like this. Oh, the discovery, yeah. Okay. Based on what I listen to every week, they present you with a new discovery mix. And Got it. I find okay. some really cool shit that way. That's cool. Yeah. You know, back in the day, Big when brother. we were growing up, when we were growing up, all that was was those things you would order the, like the 10 cassettes for a penny. Yeah, the, cl- the oh, music uh, record club. I, yeah, I, so I, I, money. <laughs> I was in all of those. They're still after me, probably. Oh, for no, like I, a I, I got a really good one. So there's there's a record store in Rochester, I'll, I'll keep the name out, but it was uh, there's like multiple ones. There was one on Ridge, there was one in Midtown Plaza. Oh, I know what you're talking about. We know, we know. So <laughs> I, had, I had a buddy of mine that, that worked there, and we'd show up. I know who you're talking about there, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'd, sh- we'd show up and we'd, we'd just get like five or six or ten CDs, um, and He'd charge, he'd charge us for one. <laughs> That'd be 12 cents, sir. <laughs> he'd charge us for one. But they also had the book with the stamps. Yeah, oh, he'd give you a shitload yeah. of then <laughs> And then he would just go... <laughs> so then we'd go back when he wasn't there with like three books oh, and go, I'll take these three CDs. Here's the book. Yeah. You're talking to back in the analog oh, we, age. We put, them, we put them out. That's of why they went business. out of business. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's always kept this because we had a reunion and they gave us drink tickets. Him, he got into the drink tickets and he was oh, passing yeah. out the drink tickets at the reunion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> well, come on. All right. Like. We we have the side. This is a complete sidebar. Well, we're gonna do a little couple. Of little <laughs> we side go to our reunion. Like, okay, you gotta pay for. You gotta pay x amount of dollars for drink ticket. Okay, here you go. But then they leave all the drink tickets, the roll of the drink tickets yeah. on the table. I'm like, oh fuck <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. That's a fucking roll. <laughs> 
that are you thinking of? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever happened? To I him? don't know. <laughs> I ended up working I, with him at I a tool shop. I saw the name over his shoulder. Years ago. Yeah. Let's <laughs> hang afterwards to shut you up. I worked with him for a while. One of the things I, 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 I my, my record collection went from like limited oh, yeah. to just boom, kaboom. <laughs> Remember KTEL Records too? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I had like the rock album. It had all these cut off tracks. From My all mom these still has some of those. Oh, I have. I have a yeah, I, I have a Credence one. <laughs> wow. I went through a late '70s disco era, and I have some of those mixes to this day. Those KTEL disco. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's that's the thing about music. I mean, there's so much out there, and you can one minute you're listening to Maiden, next minute you're listening to Jason Isbell. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal songwriting. Yes. I mean, if, if my feet tap, I must like it. If right, I start right. doing this. Well, but it didn't used to be that way. Yeah. When it used to be like, yeah. You can only listen yeah, to Yeah, if you're like Iron Maiden, there's no way you can, no. like, boss skags. You're yes. not. No, you, would do, you know what you would say? Yeah, you know what no. gym class, when they, we were in the locker room, I heard so-and-so. He said he's a Metallica fan. I heard him talking about how he's listening to Sting's album. Yeah. And you would be a pariah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're part of the club. You're part of that club. Yeah, just you, know, like, you like what you like. And well, concerts used to be that way too. You know, you, I mean, many concerts used to be a bunch of different type of bands that are not related, but you'd have a heavy band and a folk band on the same bill. You know, yeah. You know how many times I got turned on to someone at the, as an opener that I didn't, that I ended up liking better than the. We were just talking about that. You know, Bela Fleck. My my wife drug me to. I hope she doesn't hear this. <laughs> drug me to a Dave Matthews band concert, you know, and kicking and screaming. Bela Flex <laughs> band was opening for them. Wow! I bet you know Dave Matthews, another great icon. You know, I just, sure. I just sort of played out on him. But um, uh, the drummer's fantastic. Who's that? Flash. It's Debbie. It's the Batmobile. Yeah. But Bela Flex band mesmerized me. That drummer who plays half with a. I see. Ever seen the Future Man? Mm-mm. Oh my goodness! Future Man or Future Band? Future Man. He's he's uh who who's that sick bass player? Oh, he's his younger brother. I can't think of it because I'm on I'm on being recorded and I can't think. But uh, <laughs> he plays an acoustic kit uh, with his right side and some kind of like. Bar kit like like an elect like an electric guitar but with buttons. Hmm. It's just unbelievable thing to. Hmm. I go look up videos of future. But man. that's almost the thing now. Like obviously, like locally, we have these scenesters like myself, where all people in bands come up to me who know me and I don't know them. So like what, we know, what, or like when we go to concerts, we always see all the people we know, and yeah. you meet people that uh-huh. way. Sure. Which we miss. That's part of the community. But I want to. I want to actually jump off to a couple of tangents. A little. How's the the biking going in the motorcycling and this stuff, Jeff? That hasn't been going well. Did Sheldon go to Texas to get a bike? Oh yeah, he bought. So he bought a bike. Um, did you solve the crime, Greg? I did. Bought a, bought a bike. It's he's getting it shipped up. We were I, we were all planned. He flew down. I was going to ride down. Then we were going to ride back. And that was right when, in April, all of a sudden, hey, let's have a snowstorm. I'm like, Mike, I'm not doing this. You've driven in snowstorms before. I've driven in snow, not snowstorms. But, um, you know, there was nothing happened last year. No big trips or nothing just because everything was closed down. So, you know, just waiting for this shit to open back up. Is that crazy? Is like the craziest ride you ever have that one up the mountain in Hawaii? But that one, yeah, that was the road to Hana in Maui, which is 
20 miles and it took four fucking hours on a motorcycle. Oh, wow. my goodness. Because it's on the side of a freaking mountain go, with all switchbacks. You never get out of highest gear you're in is second gear, maybe. And and my wife's afraid of heights, so you're literally on the side of a fucking cliff. Oh, wow. So when you're going there, you're on the inside. So then when we get there, it literally did the Ch- Chevy Chase National... Uh, lampoon vacation yeah. thing you know it's good. Yeah. you get to the seven w- waterfalls of Hana or whatever <laughs> we get off the bike we get there and my wife said oh let's go I'm looking I'm going alright we gotta go mm-hmm. said, we just got here I'm like yeah you want it you won't let me drive back that way there's no street lights mm-hmm. it took us four hours to get here that means I gotta go around the island on the road that's shut off for any rental vehicles you break down they don't come and get you you just bought the car slash motorcycle wow. that was the, that was the most bizarre bike did, trip they, I've did ever it done. end well did it end well did you get back and everything was fine was yeah no i mean it was yeah no it was so it's, it's interesting like if you've ever been to maui if you haven't it's nope. a really weird just island. the Maui version like yeah, like you so. could you could be on the beach the weather's phenomenal and and you're like it's like a mist because because it's a rainforest too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So then you go to the road to Hana. You're you're as you're driving there. You you think you're in the Adirondacks. Wow. Hmm. And you wouldn't think that. Like I'm in Hawaii. What yeah. the hell is this shit? Yeah. And then you get to this place, and then you're literally driving, and there's this gate like, "Do not enter. Don't go this way." And you go, and you start going that way. Well, that's the side of the mountain or the island. When the volcano erupts, that's where all the lava goes. <laughs> okay. So that's why they say you can't go there. Yeah. So everything's burnt, just, just desolate. You get through that crap, and then the next thing you know, you're on the smoothest road with highland grass. You think you're in Scotland or something, mm-hmm. and you're just flying. And, and then there's a winery, and the next thing you know, you're at the beach. It's a really cool wow. island, but it, that like, road like sucked. several places in one island. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, there's never a, been. I would recommend it. It, it. reminds me of those videos where you see, you know, these guys on a bus on a cliff somewhere, speed, you know, from like South Africa. Uh, they're yeah. speeding around or doing U-turns on uh, one-lane things with these cliffs. You know, yeah, the, that's what I've been envisioning. Yeah, yeah. It was like that. <laughs> yeah, the mountain highways carved into a side of a mountain. Yeah. Eighth, no, in like South America somewhere. No guardrail. No guardrail. Another <laughs> bus coming up. The, right. the thing is, people take bus tours to go to this place. And I'm thinking, I hated riding it on a motorcycle. And people are getting in a bus to do this shit? No. And, and, and the, it's a national park. So when you get there, to, to give you an idea of how shitty a drive it is, I pull in. you got to pay to park. The guy that's there taking, you know, go, go park here, go park here. He looks at me and goes, you came here on a motorcycle? I'm like, yep. He goes, you can park for free. <laughs> I'm like, right. this one's on us. Yeah, so you got that going thing, for you. Know, I have a thought, one more thought back to music when we were growing up. I had the thing, we did this one thing in high school where you had to bring in, like, it was like using music for something. Some I actually got in trouble for, like, because Ozzy worshipped the devil. Well, it's because we went to a Catholic oh, that high school. Was, uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> you know, and it's like I, I felt like saying at the time. I didn't say it because she ever actually listened to this. Well, you know, well, geez, what a tangent. We could go off on the yeah. Catholic Church and music. <laughs> well, at, at Nazareth, I remember bringing in. Bohemian Rhapsody and stuff for like this. Music well, they must have loved Freddie at them uh, Catholic schools. Yeah. Well, as a music history class, I said, "Look, this is you know, this is the use of opera 
technique in rock music, mm -hmm. and, and she had nothing. Sure was. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, but, so me and Rob, well, all three of us, we went to this Catholic school, and the, the you know, and you had to wear the uniform, you know, the right. white shirt with the tie. Yeah. The sock tie but, that was but, square but, at the bottom. But you yeah. always knew who listened to metal. Right. Yeah. Because they'd have the white shirt with the tie, but underneath it, they'd have the Metallica Kill 'em All T-shirt, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'd Bleed see the through. logo right on the. You'd yeah, see the yeah. hammer with the blood right on the back of it. I don't underneath the white. I'd always wear the concert shirt under when I went. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Every exactly. year, everybody but would. Did the know. masked wrestler yeah. tell you any like anecdotes about wrestling lately? Yeah. Uh, me, uh, he has been. Uh, he's been in Borneo wrestling in front of crowds of you know six and eight. Uh, he has not been having the payoffs. Uh, he lost his Mid-South Intercontinental uh, cheese ball flour paste belt last week. So he's pretty upset about that. Uh, he's been vowing revenge against the bear that he wrestled that took the belt from him. And you can, you, he told me that you can bet... On this, that he will be back. He will get that Southwestern Championship Southern Fried uh, uh, battered belt back around his waist from that dastardly bear who threw powder in his eyes. And not only that, he bit him, and there was a muzzle rule in effect that night. So tell him that we have hot chicken now. There's a Nashville hot chicken in the area for when he comes up here. Well, he is he is entering a chicken and waffles tournament uh, coming up next month. Uh, but that'll be in Maine, where they substitute chicken for old lobster, uh, <laughs> and they substitute waffles for uh, rotting biscuits. So, Excellent. he should be in fine form after he takes that uh, wins that uh, tournament, and then I'll let you know. His digestive system is pretty strong. <laughs> pretty strong. He's probably the strongest thing on him. That reminds me. Anybody catch the Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, two-hour documentary? I got it. Really good. That was excellent. No, I got to check it out. It's on biography. You could actually catch. They'll have them on all month. I think they got Shawn Michaels on tonight. Yeah, that was excellent. They what they did that one. Booker T. Stone Savage. You seen the new Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah, the Brian Pillman one. Yeah. When did that no. one come out? Yeah, yeah, just a couple weeks ago. You can get it on oh, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Too. yeah. Oh. Brian Pillman, though, what talent and what a mess. Oh, my goodness. Well, that makes for a good story. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Be Cincinnati guy. boy. Hmm. Yeah, played for the Bengals. Yep. But that's like, I don't think the Master Russell will ever be on them. I thought, like, the one time uh, Gothic Toad did the, the bake sale with the chicken and waffles, the one time played that as a gig. Well, if they came yeah. to the Master Wrestler. He would probably the mass grappler. He would probably deem it a sellout and would not would not accept, uh, you know, being profiled on their show because he is a true wrestler. He keeps his private life to himself. He only communicates through me. And we were and real nice when he came. When, when thing was when he showed up on our show, you weren't anywhere. No, no. I well, he keeps me in the trunk of his car when that happens. Um, <laughs> Greg's always perplexed when we talk mm -hmm. wrestling. He's, He's trying like, to yeah. learn. No, no, I get it. <laughs> Man, you're the same size as John. It's <laughs> amazing. It Except is like you glasses. two you guys have the same. And he actually, pants. what was it? You played. He played a gig for you. I remember that he, one he's gig he's on Halloween. Several. He plays every Halloween. Gigs. He comes and chokes me out and takes my gig. <laughs> Everything he's played for Anonymous Willpower, he's played right. for Infrared Radiation Orchestra, Buddhahood, uh, JPP. Yeah. 
He's all over the town. It's amazing, and, though. But anything else to add? Because once we could probably go for three hours. Yeah, but... I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. We'll always be well, back. We have time. I did want to bring up one thing. Has anybody noticed? I've noticed this. I've noticed, like, I actually got this coffee that tastes like Fruity Pebbles. I noticed <laughs> that. <laughs> Working at that gas station I work at, that was that whole thing. I, I oh, that. have you seen any nuts? I kept that job through COVID, but, huh? You seen any nuts down there yet? Nuts, no. It's, I it's no. I'll, I'll, I'll interrupt you for a second. I yeah. saw my first hoarder the other day. It was down by Braddock Bay. There's a guy filling jugs, and all the while he's smoking a cigarette with filling gas. Jugs filling with jugs gas. with gas at a gas station. Yeah. Oh my goodness! No. <laughs> no, I haven't seen any. Filling the herd. Just so, just so people. What, so what's yeah, the on. deal with the? So yeah, go on. Just people filling their, you know, doing their weed whacking and stuff. No, I just noticed that seems to be a city thing, an urban thing, where. The, the black community, like the younger guys, they're wearing metal shirts. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, metal shirts, cool? Metallica, like old Master school? of Puppets. Yeah, ACDC. There must be some throwback thing And, and I've noticed there's there's two or three they wear this tie-dye ACDC hoodie, and it's like, uh, I think the I think it's it's the, the, the drawing of Angus, uh, I think it's from Power Age or one of those older, like oh, Power late seventies. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, arms turn into lightning bolts. No, not that one. The one where just with the guitar. Okay. But I mean, high voltage maybe. I can't remember. But I mean, I just think it's an interesting thing. I'm going, you know. Hmm. Okay. But they have no you know, idea who know, that is. Actually, I'm sure. Here's, a, here's a question. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a cool shirt. So, yeah. so, so, Iron Maiden comes to Buffalo. I buy a bunch shit, ton of tickets. Bring a bunch of people. Bring my uh, nephew who was like five at the time. Bring my uh, both my boys uh, and my youngest, who was a junior in high school at the time. We bring them. I'm like, here's your shirt, whatever. Yeah. So a couple weeks later, he wears his Iron Maiden shirt. And he's got the classic, you know, the number of the beast shirt. And he wears it to school. Yeah. And, a, and a teacher stops him and goes, do you like Iron Maiden? Or you just thought the shirt was cool? He goes... No, I love Iron Maiden. It's like my dad's favorite band. He goes, Rick, did you go to the show? And then the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Never happened so, to us. Yeah, no, we school. would tell to go home and take that off. <laughs> That's right. But the thing was, this is the question, chicken and the egg question. I When I go on my walks, I see the same thing. I actually saw a kid go by in a classic Sabbath shirt. And I've seen the Iron Maiden. I've seen others. Is it because they're selling them at Target or these kids actually Maybe. find the bands? I just think it's become a thing where cool. it's cool to wear a classic rock and roll shirt. It's probably yeah. a little bit of both. I gotta yeah. imagine. There's people wearing yeah, the shit. Ramon shirts at Target. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think to Rob's point, it's grade. a little bit of both. <laughs> I know. You know their parents listened to it, or they just thought it was cool because yeah. Kim Kardashian well, I saw, was But I saw, actually, I went to go oh, yeah. see Dick Dale do a signing at Thousand of Guitars, and it was neat. There's these kids behind me. They were in high school, and they really dug Dick Dale, and I'm just looking at it going... These are definitely the outcasts in this school. Right. Yeah. Well, back in the day, you probably had to go to a Ramon, Ramon show, like, bleed a pint of blood and to get your shirt to take home. Yeah. Now you can go to Target. Now you've put nothing into it in your hand. <laughs> used to that's mean right. something, now it doesn't. <laughs> I know, it's like... See, that's guard. That's from yeah. that well, that yeah. <laughs> well, you had you had that dynamic, but here in Rochester, you could also... 
go to the house of guitars. Oh yeah. yeah. Climb yeah. a mountain of t-shirts right. and Maybe, start digging. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going to grab that. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to wear that one. And that could collapse and suffocate you too. So <laughs> you're still barely risking your life. I tell you my theory about the whole house of guitars thing is I remember when I was in there looking for something and I'm wading through stuff and there's stacks of this on top of the actual stacks that are like... But if you ask somebody, they, oh, know, they know exactly where it is. Greg Krebos, when he was there, you would know everything. Marvin was there, and he's watching, he's look, walking around, and I said, hey, how you doing, and this and that, and I said, you know, I said, this is actually a pretty good marketing thing, I says, because, you know, people love digging through stuff to find the, the gems, and he just kind of looked at me, I was like, I think this is your whole plot. Right <laughs> yeah. Well, You're I saw Greg, right. Greg Prevost did an album signing. I went down to see Greg because I haven't seen him in forever. I'm walking out. Armin's there, and he's looking at me, and I go, you know, I can actually make, what's wrong? Losing your touch, I can actually walk through this aisle. <laughs> Again, he's, he's done paying off the fire marshal, apparently, or something. I don't know how the hell anybody. You know, and that was the case of us. We haven't, like, think of that. I think yeah, a lot sure. of us went down because right. we haven't seen each other in a long time. And, like, you know, but it's like, okay, I can't get through this aisle. And I'll tell but you, Jeff, would... the, the shirts are pot. There's a whole thing of the shirts. Yeah. But that would also be cool because, you know, you'd, you'd have like a magazine, Cream or Rolling Stone or whatever, and some bands in there, yeah, and they have a house of guitars. Sure. Shirt on. Oh, you're like, everybody Sweet. knows. Everybody knows. Yeah. All the ba- all the musicians that have been around at least for a while always came there. They yeah. You know, sometimes you might run into somebody there. Sure. Absolutely. It's an iconic store mm-hmm. internationally, man. Absolutely. I found I found that out when I moved here. Um. The, the, yeah, it's it's something else. There's I nothing was, like it anywhere. I was just listening to whatever podcast. I don't remember what. I don't remember the artist. It doesn't really matter. And they were talking about this place in Rochester, New York, that sells you know everything, guitars and all right. that stuff. Sheldon's van. He puts in the you know puts out in the you know go in the alleyway, get the bootlegs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give them Twizzlers, they'll get you anything. We're playing there later this year. Where is Sheldon's van? Oh yeah. No. no, no, no. Does, does anybody know what that building used to originally be? Oh, it was like a, a furniture. Was it? Or the Grange. Whatever that is, the Grange. It it's like, like a, some old like yeah. Masonic, Masonic temple. temple or something. Yeah. That's what I heard. Really? Or it's what so I it looks I like it. Yeah. It, it was called the Grange, though, I think, mm. if you look at it. I don't know. I-Square is a great, great place to play. I mean, it's something you, you look in yeah. like sometime. It's really fun. That's the one gig I played last August. It's outside, at least. Centenary Road, and that's the only gig I played. Hmm. There's a book that they came out with, the House of Guitars. It's really good. It's got the history of the building. I, I got oh, really? a couple really? of oh. issues of it at home. But yeah. now, but now, oh, I got one. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Look into that because it's got all that info. In yeah. it. And you went to Carmen of Peace's uh, guitar thing. I mean, drum thing. Yeah. I actually thought of actually a real instrument. It was good. <laughs> he had a lot of good. I I did some video. I got. A, he was explaining linear things, and I was like, I get it, but it's like really weird to try to do it. It's in his book. It's amazing, you know, that that realistic rock book's been around for 45 years. Mm -hmm. It's like the go-to, I still teach my students out of that book. It's like the go-to book for drum set or one of them. And I think in his biography, Buddy Rich didn't hate his guts, at least, in terms of being a rock drummer. (laughs) Oh, right, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, he really looked down on rock drummers. Absolutely. That's the one guy he maybe... You know, you've heard, like, the, the probably fake story about Buddy Rich when he was dying, and I guess they saw him on his deathbed, and his last words were, that's not as bad as country music. I'm sure it's made up, but he didn't, he always looked down on rock drummers, but he said that, like, Carmen was okay. Yeah, we were the lowest of the low. (laughs) (laughs) We know that. (laughs) But it's been, we'll have everybody back, because we could do three hours, go have burritos, and come back. But Jeff, anything, I'm not even going to answer, you're not doing it, I know. Nope, not happening. 
So, what's new in life? Anything fun? Anything? Kids graduating, you know, school, whatever. No, I mean, one kid graduated last year. Uh, actually, they both did one from high school, one from college. And uh, one's in college and one's out. There we go, the update. Yeah. What about our musicians? Do you have anything on the horizon? I'm supposed to do a vocal. I mean, drummers, not musicians. Excuse me. Oh, <laughs> you going to take that? Oh, it's three against one. Let me go get my mask. Yeah. <laughs> hey, shut up. Shut up. You mean you get your friend to call yeah, him? Right. Yeah, from I mean, yeah. I'm supposed to do a vocal thing today for a song I wrote at, at Don's house, so I might have to do that. And then that's going to come out next month. Do you say it's about lying? That's like. In pretty words. That's, yeah. that's really not topical. People lying. <laughs> it's very telling. Never heard of such a thing. Never heard of it. That's a lie. Hey, it was <laughs> on the internet. It's true. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, JPP just got back in the woodshed after being a year away from each other. Um, so we have nothing, we didn't even try to try and traverse these waters of gigging. Like I said, none of us were counting on this as our livelihood. So, we stayed safe, stayed away, and I, I, I finished a record with Centenary Road, and I'm doing another record with them. Uh, and JPP will start gigging. We have our first gig late August, if things... You never know. Yeah, I know. Actually, it's, there was one point last year was the year of found money, because I would look at my email, and I would see my latest concert tickets were refunded. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would keep it. It's like, you're Nick Cave show in Philly. You have a refund. It's canceled. This you're canceled. lucky, because a lot of people got totally fucked up. Yeah, some did, but they didn't. Like, geez, Dave Herman's, he, he got so excited. Like, Trey Anastasia, I'm like, great, I'll leave. Jason Isbell was playing with them for two gigs. One was at CMAC. He got tickets, and I planned on going to see Jason leaving. It got canceled. Yeah. Man. Well, I would have stayed for Trey. The guy's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I probably would have stayed just because I, I probably would have ridden with Dave, but... <laughs> Uh, you know, what do you got going on, Rob? Well, I do this show and... Talking yeah. about the drama, Rob. Yeah, yeah, we got too many Robs here. Which Rob? Um, well, not a whole lot. I got a gig coming up. My my local band called Forum, which has only played two gigs and then lost all and momentum. I saw one. You saw one, lost all I momentum. A, I stepped in a mud puddle on the parking lot afterwards. This was like, when was this? Like January? It was early March. Tim Walker went. We were talking in the parking lot about yeah. this crap coming down. And it was like around early March. It was early March. Well, what happened was we played one gig, um, which was at Art Smoke. It went well. And then the next gig was right when I got the call to do uh, uh, the scrap metal all-star thing in Wisconsin. So we had to cancel the, the, the forum gig. And then, then it was rescheduled for February. And then it was a snowstorm. And everybody decided not to do it. And then it was rescheduled for March. So that, it took three tries to get our second gig in. And then COVID hit. So there's no momentum built up right. whatsoever. But we have a gig outdoors at some festival i forget where in july that whole i mean we had three gigs last summer and they all got pushed back pushed back canceled like everybody yeah, yeah. and then uh <laughs> recently uh i was texting with gunner nelson um about the scrap metal stuff and i'm like hey man you know i'd love to do some more of those shows because I, I don't know if you guys who know anything about scrap metal but it's the nelson yeah. twins and mark slaughter and Is that know, a, it's an all-star okay, heavy cool, you know anybody cool. in the metal community tom Kiefer and you know all these oh, guys okay. do it and you drum yeah, and i did uh, yeah, i mean i did one gig <laughs> with them it's the second last gig i played before covid was in wisconsin with them with 
Phil Lewis and Barry Goodrow from Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, we did Ted Pulley from Danger Danger. We had Janet Gardner from Vixen and Eric Martin from Mr. Big. And, you know, it's a fun thing to do. Almost and, like Metal Ringo's All-Stars. Yeah, exactly. You've done the fantasy and, camps, uh, haven't you? I did the did, did, did a fantasy camp in, in uh, where'd I go, Chicago, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. That's a pretty big thing. I was fortunate enough to do one of those as a camp counselor. But I was talking to Gunner, and I'm like, you know, love to do more gigs if you guys need me. And he said, funnily enough, the promoter or the booking agent or whatever was just talking to him about getting some of that stuff going. So hopefully I'll get a call to do, you know, more of those. We'll see. Cool. I mean, yeah. it just depends on, I mean, it's whoever's available, yeah. whoever, you know. And I can't let you, what were your thoughts? Obviously, Lou's retired now, isn't he? No, he just done? did He's a gig with him. Last... What was your, like, in terms of, like, I know your yeah. thoughts of when you played... Well, he retired us. Yeah. He decided he didn't want a band anymore, and that's a whole other... But that was like a thing. It's just I always think it's amazing when I talk about friends doing things. Like, we grew up listening to them, then you're playing with Lou. Yeah, well, yeah that was, I, it was I, amazing. I followed that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It's just he decided, and I think he was partially, you know, well, talked yeah. into getting rid of his own band. And, yeah, and he, and he was convinced to go out and just... You know, go play with, uh, what's his name from Asia, John Payne. Mm-hmm. And John kind of, you know, used Lou's name, I think, to help sell tickets and, and, and boost him, you know, his career. Which, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. Plus, it was two. a fun ride. It was, like, really yeah. cool. You got a lot of good stories to yeah. tell. Oh, you, put up, you put up those things online about name that tune, and I always put Man. the most dumbass thing I can no, think I about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. I, I you know, I, I tried to put music-related stuff on... Uh, on that, and I put a lot of stuff from Lou and scrap metal up there, and you know, and, and I don't want to be thinking I'm talking bad about Lou. He, he does what oh, he no, thinks is right, and yeah. he's out doing this thing. He just played a gig a couple weeks ago, and more power to him. It's right. his, it's his thing. You know, it kind of was a bummer to have him cancel the band, but then decide to, to keep going without the importance of us because I think we brought something to the table that pushed him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and you know, but yeah. it's his name on the marquee, so I get yeah. it. Yeah, but it was fun. I mean, I, everybody's got a journey. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you had your time. You had a lot of good stories. You had a lot Unless of fun. You're Steve Perry, he's oh, yeah. not in Journey anymore. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get involved with in that scrap metal thing? Well, well, I went to the junkyard. Went to the junkyard looking for a fridge. And, uh, <laughs> um, well, it's really weird. Uh, as far I know, the guitar player Howie Simon, um, who plays most of them, who plays with Nelson. He's initially from Buffalo, and he was in a band called I think Icewater Mansion. Or oh, oh, I remember them. Yeah. And, and I know he's played here, but the week before I got any con- con- contact from them, I was asking him about playing with somebody else. Like if you know they're looking for a drummer, blah blah. blah. I think it was Michael Sweet from Striper. And I know how we knew him. I'm like, hey, if you could pass my name along, whatever, that'd be cool. So a week later, I get, out of all things, a message on LinkedIn, out of any wow. social media, it was out of the blue, from Gunnar Nelson offering me the show. And here's who's involved. We need a drummer, blah, blah, blah. And uh, that was it. You know, he's, he's, he's talking about the future and maybe doing more scrap metal and doing more of a full-time drummer type thing. And he was kind of really... He did a great job blowing smoke up my butt about being involved. Now, whether it happens or not, we'll see. Right. But it was just a. Me- I woke up for That's work one morning at four in the morning, and there's a there's a message from Gunnar Nelson saying, "We want you to do this." Foot's in the door. It's all That's there. happened okay. to me often. Yeah. That's right. I get up at four, like. I mean, but on LinkedIn's the weirdest thing. Yeah. You think Facebook or, or yeah, LinkedIn. So or well, LinkedIn's professional. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell nice. you, I get more of an interesting professional comments and input and enthusiasm on LinkedIn for my Name That Tune weekly thing than anywhere else. Yeah. No offense to anybody anywhere else on Facebook or Instagram, but LinkedIn 
And the people on LinkedIn for that are, are just more interactive, and it's just a different mindset. It's amazing. It's more businessy, yeah. I think. I think, yeah, and it's that's more, why when I see LinkedIn on my mail, I know it's a business thing. Yeah. And for us, our own, our house musician, the great Adrian at noon, will be playing a set at Iron Smoke on Friday, like oh, cool. seven thirty. So come down if you can, but after I get a seat because of the limited <laughs> capacity, okay? There you go. So, <laughs> but it'll be good. She's been really interesting. I love Iron Smoke's a great venue. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, it's good to have. I think they're finally just opening up to have shows. I know Tommy's played around. Mm -hmm. There's a new place called Blitzies out. Have you heard of it, John? No. Blitzies? Blitzies. Is something. Blitzies. I've seen some bands that played. Are you thinking there. of Buncees? Buncees, oh, yeah. Leave me yes. alone. Yes, it's I my have. Yeah. You know, it's crap wrong. Yeah. I was like, Blincy's is a great sub I've had. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a little thing <laughs> with Man's the grapes and the raspberries in them. Yeah, yeah Buncey's, Buncey's. Yeah, it's like uh, four chicken breasts, uh, 16 fried eggs, and uh, 17 pieces of bacon. Stay tuned for our cooking episode with John <laughs> yeah. and the Masked Wrestler. But, any, but anything else to add? Or? We'll bad. have everybody back soon because, you know, yeah. we could just, or we could go take a break, get one of those subs, and come back. <laughs> yeah, we all be in food coma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The kids yeah, call because, as usual, Gothic Toad won't let us play anything. Correct. You know, Greg will have some stuff in the future for us. I'm sure John and Rob will, too. Yep. Yeah, I got, I got some coffee cans you two could drum on, maybe, afterwards. <laughs> but I'm going to play, and maybe uh, we're going to have her on soon, I hope. Lisa Cominici Logan. Oh, crap. I spelled, yeah, Logan. Lisa Cominici Logan. Why do you have to have a second middle name that I can't pronounce? I'm going to have some brain cloud. Yeah. I've seen her on. Great person. Played around town. Great vocalist. Jeez. And after hearing this podcast, to have her on there, she'll probably do the name of the song. I'm going to play your song, No Regrets. <laughs> so Good thanks, choice. everybody. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. See ya.